everybody. I have an exciting episode today with Joe Trodden all the way from Edinburgh in Scotland. Now, Joe is a mindset expert and business scaling coach, and he's going to be talking about what it takes to succeed in business, but also the mindset that it takes to succeed in life in general, one of my favorite topics, as you'll know. Now, if you want to reach out to me, you can do that at lisa at lisatamati.co.nz. If you've got any questions for me around my favorite topics, which are obviously running, nutrition, mindset, uh, fitness, health, epigenetics, any of those topics that you want to discuss, please reach out to me and ask me your questions there. You can also contact me on uh, Facebook or on Instagram, at Lisa Tamati, and I would love you to go and check out our website. We have lots going on over there at our website with the different programs that we offer, and also my jewelry line, the Fierce Jewelry Collection, make sure you go and check that out. Now, I did want to also let you guys know about a weekend running seminar that Neil and I have got coming up on the 31st of August and 1st of September in Havelock North. Um, it's a day and a half, and we have an absolute ball. You'll learn everything you possibly wanted to know about running, about mobility, about fitness. Um, and also, we have a gala evening where we have a lovely dinner together and a glass or two of wine. And then the next day, we have a trip up the Tomato Peak where we go for a run, walk. This is suitable for all levels. Um, so come and have a fabulous weekend with us, all about running and health. All right, guys. Now, without further ado, over to the show. Well, hi, everybody. It's Lisa Tamadi here at Pushing the Limits. And it's super exciting to have you guys back with me. I'm really excited today for tonight's. Uh, actually, we're sitting here in the evening, and I've got a wonderful guest who's come, come on, on the Zoom call with me from all the way from Edinburgh, um, and this guy is a mindset expert. He's also a runner, and he's just joined up at Running Hot Coaching, which I'm super excited about. He's about to run his first 100 miler. So I'd like you to welcome to the show, Joe Trotten. Hey, Joe, how are you going? Hey, Lisa, how are you? Things are awesome at my side. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so before we got started on the video um, and on the podcast, I had a little talk to Joe about his running, and he has got a 100 miler. So, Joe, I want you to um, publicly commit now. <laughs> when are you doing this 100 miler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that is that is a good question. The, answer, the conversation was the ambition was to run the hundred miler. I've, I do have I do have a fifty. Mile, I know you nailed me down pretty sharpish there on that. Uh, I do have, I do have a fifty miler in um, September. Right. Um, I don't know if I can for the first hundred if I can do it in the winter. Let's right. say February, uh, February of next year. That's, that sounds like a good goal to work, to, to work towards. So 50 miler first. So watch the space. I'll let you guys know how he goes. And um, I love putting people on the spot like that publicly because it makes you commit. And that's accountability, isn't it, Joe? That is, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that, thanks. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside. So Joe is a mindset expert. He works with small to medium-sized uh, businesses as a consultant and as someone who runs you. Uh, well, I'll let Joe tell us exactly what he does, but I've got him on here because he's going to teach us an awful lot about mindset. And as my listeners know, I am very big on learning everything I possibly can about mindset, about mental strength, about resilience, about achieving your, your utmost potential in life. And Joe is one of these experts who's going to come and tell us his philosophies and how he sees things. So Joe, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you help small businesses get up in the world and get a bit going in the world, if you like? Sure. So the businesses that I work with are typically around two, three, up to five years old. They've been started by the entrepreneur themselves. So they've gone through that whole journey. And what happens is you can get to market if you've got a product market fit, if you've got something that a customer identified and a thing they like, you know, you can get to this point of, well, we've got a, you know, a business, we've got something going there. So typically they've got like a small operational team and they've got something that's selling but they don't know how to get up to that next level. Yeah. And like what got them there, you can almost get to that point with no strategy. You know, if you've got certain people like it, you, you, you know, you can yeah. sell it. But to get, up to, that next, <laughs> to get up to that next level, you've got to have a, a framework in place. So I, I am all about people's mindsets, but when I work with entrepreneurs, you've got to have a bit of a context as well. 
you know, so if you talk, it's probably a bit like yourself. If you were to talk about mindset without a context of running or without a context of improving your life or, or whatever that is, you know, those specifics, it's quite hard to apply stuff. So when they come to me, we have a framework we use with them for strategy designed specifically for that stage of business. So they don't have to read the 80 books or yeah. like, who am I supposed to follow? You know, here is a framework. Uh, and also the strand of mindset development. So it's really key when they come to me that they know that it's them that's a, a big part of this. If they just want to increase their sales, you know, fine, like get, go and get a, a salesperson. You don't really need me for that. But if you want to holistically look at your business, your strategy and yourself, then um, I'm the guy for that space. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we work with people that are, it can rain. Some sometimes are quite early on that journey. Sometimes there maybe a million turnover. Uh, they've had a round of investment. I'm, I'm actually more interested in the entrepreneur. Like if they've got a product and it's in there, the the draw of the entrepreneur is more attractive to me. If they've got the right uh, willingness yeah. to open their mindset, yeah. So you're not so worried about how much turnover they've got as much as what their attitude is and how they're. Yeah, I need them to have something in the marketplace, yeah. you know, because they're, they're really pure, for, from what I do, you know, the really pure startup thing, like I say, if I put a strategy down, what we're doing is going to change week to week, month to month. Yeah. And, and not everybody should be an entrepreneur either because it's a bit of a, it's a you know, it's, it's tough. And, it, it doesn't, and it, even at that, it doesn't, you can be a hard worker and it just doesn't suit you. You yeah. know, some people prefer that, you know, the structure, a bit more certainty. Um, so, yeah, it, they have to have kind of crossed over those two hurdles. That I've got something that people actually like. And I have some um, evidence, is that fair? But, you know, evidence a bit that they are entrepreneurial. Yeah, that they're on the right track, that entrepreneurial personality um, type, if you like. Um, yeah. This is really interesting for me because, um, you know, I'm – as my listeners know, I'm really into mindset and mental toughness and emotional resilience, but I'm also very much into business. And um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was, well, before I left school, basically. I, I was always an entrepreneur, um, <laughs> successfully and not successfully, I might add. And I've tried pretty much everything. Um, and I see a lot of correlation between um, running or extreme sports and being an athlete and the skill sets that I need in that is a skill set that I need in business. Now there are some other things in business that you have to learn extra as well, obviously, but those, some of those um, key skill sets are really transferable. And that's why I think this podcast is really um, good for people who, who, who are entrepreneurs who probably want to, you know, grow their businesses and scale their businesses, which we're definitely interested in learning from you all about that, but also the whole mindset thing in general for, for, for humans, you know, we all need to up our game. We need to improve. I mean, we were, you know, we are living in a world where things are changing so fast. Tell us, Joe, what do you, what's your take on where the hell this world's going and why we shouldn't be just relaxed and well, we've got a job. We're all good. You know, um, got a reliable paycheck coming in week to week. Why is that going to, you know, often I think it's going to change in the next decade or so, isn't it? For sure. Um, do you know, like my my macro view of all of that is, it's all about human potential, right? So there, there's no, I'm not a religious person, but I always find it really strange, whatever the, whatever the cosmic order is on those things, that when you look at the diversity of people on the planet, and I mean in terms of their thinking style, in terms of the things you know that they're passionate about, somebody's really passionate about fish, and somebody's really passionate about combustion engines, like desperately passionate about that. And the split of all those things, it's almost, it's not like, you know, there's 98% are passionate about fish and then it's everything yeah, else. Yeah. Like, the, like the split of those passions, the split of the way that you have um, these different personality types, these different thinking styles, like it's, just, it's such an, an unbelievable opportunity to do amazing things. Mm. So the challenge that we have is that we're still a bit tied to um, almost the industrial revolution, you know, of here is, here is a, an employer that has yeah. this range of jobs and now do your best to right. kind of fit into one of those roles, you know, 
Um, and if you're smart, take one of the roles that pays a lot more. Not something that you know is, you're naturally geared towards, but something that pays a lot. And we're we're still doing that. Um, and even when you ask people, what are you, you know, what, what are your superpowers? What are you amazing at? What's your, what's your vision for your future? There's, there's so many people can't answer that question. And it's, it's just because they've never been asked. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never been asked and it's never been normalized. It's just been, well, I, I do this job. So the thing, an example I use is if you look at Lagos in, in Nigeria, and I just pick that because it's an, an enormous city. You've got a, a central city point there, and then everybody pulling in from the um, rural areas because there just isn't anything going on there. Like it's hard to survive, you know. Even like farming, whatever else, industrialize, it's hard to survive. So what happens then is you've got a centralized point, and then this almost just a slum that grows on the outside. And when you look at all of the humans that are there and what they could actually do if that was channeled in the right way. It's phenomenal, do you know? Like, but there's no way to tap into that human potential because systemically, there there isn't a there isn't a a way to um, channel that human potential. So I, I think that the key thing going forward is that the world is going to change. I don't think that it's there's a big thing on like the gig economy, do you know? And everyone will become self-employed. I don't think it's going to go that far. No? But yeah. I do think that you'll be able to. You should be thinking about your own developmental journey and moving a lot more. And the only way you can do that is if you understand yourself. If you're waiting for an employer to tell you who you are, what you're amazing at, what you're, you know, you're capable of, what you're interested in, then you're, you will be, you will, you run the risk of being left behind because, and you also, I'll I'll show up in a second, but you, you, you've got an amazing opportunity to live this fantastic life because if you know yourself and you go, I'm going into this role and I'm going to upskill and I'm going to learn these things. And my next step is something like this. Then you're in control of that and you develop your own human potential. So sorry, that's quite a long answer, but like that, that's the philosophy that I've, I've got around that. Yeah. And for me, I think, you know, when people, people are having to specialize more, aren't they? Like everything's becoming, you know, um, if you want, if you want to survive well in this world, then you better have a very deep, specialised knowledge somewhere um, that that is rare and, and and valuable. You know, everybody could work at McDonald's. Uh, it's not, and it's you're easily replaceable by a robot eventually or a computer. If you're a brain surgeon, not so much. You know, you've got and you've got a very deep, specialised knowledge, and I think that's where the 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 changes are also happening um very much with people are, are having to specialize in in a single vertical and get really really in depth on that area uh and the world is just changing so fast so i i really believe that um i don't know what your take is on this but that pretty much everybody should have a personal brand like you should be developing an online presence a a followership a whatever you want to call it um but it's really important to have a growing uh tribe if you like of people that follow what you do who are into what you're all about because you never know when your job's going to change and you're going to need to have that personal brand um out there for you doing the work if that makes sense do do, do you agree with that one so there's, there's a couple of quick points on that the the thing about going into uh, specialism, I, th- I think there's still an, an element that you can be a, a bit broader. See, if you look at the, um, if you look at the way that startups work, you know, when you go into a startup, you've got to have that range of skills to be able to do it. And as, as a founder, generally, it's about then sort of specialising out. But if you look at the way that even Silicon Valley is quite good because it's, you know, it's that microcosm of that. But you have people that only work in companies that are a certain size mm-hmm. because they're, they, they've got a skill, but they're also like T-shaped. You know, they've got that broad thing. But then when the company grows to the, the next level where they need those specialists, that person doesn't fit anymore. So they come out. Wow. The key thing there is actually just understanding what is the environment I thrive in? You know, do you like the chaotic startup, you know, hands doing everything and we're doing everything at like 60% as good as we could be because that's enough to get over the line? Or do you want to, you know, really get up to the next level? So there's definitely space for both. What what I did think was really interesting is the, the personal brand. And for me, this is about that personal identity. 
Like, do if you were to again, if you were to ask people, like, what is your personal brand? Like, what is it that you stand for? What What's the values? Why should people want to interact with you? Like, how many people can answer that question? Yeah, not many. So whether you've got, uh, exactly, you know, and this is what I mean about that identity. And whether it is so that you build up your own tribe or whether it is just so you know that you can fit into somebody else's, mm-hmm. you know, that I think that's, that's really important. So that the concept of personal brand is a really powerful way to, you know, for people to look at that, like, yeah. what is my identity? What do I stand for? What do yeah. I believe? What do I put out in the world? And how do I want to show up um, is, is a really important thing. So, I mean, let's yep. look at, um, I watched one of the videos on your website um, about superpowers, finding your superpower to become the best that you can be. And you were talking um, about Richard Branson, I think, and, and Elon Musk. Um, and how different they are. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And, um, you know, how do you see, how do people find out what their superpowers is and why is that important? So the, yeah, the example from the the video, and this is, this is this thing about the, the unbelievable diversity of of human skill. So if you look at that as a a fairly um, public example, I guess. So Richard Branson, ambassador and connector right in terms of his superpower like when whenever you see that guy he is out there you know pr stunts getting people engaged if you look at the way that he's built his businesses his partnerships so somebody will just approach him with a product they go yeah that kind of fits with our brand 50 we'll take 50 percent of the revenues that's why you've got you know the virgin money virgin atlantic you had the virgin stores virgin makeup virgin vodka like all these different things came out although the vodka didn't work but neither did the cola <laughs> um all these different things come out because he is the connector you know you read his autobiography it was about i was in this circle and then because i'm this guy I, you know i got these people in the record label but it's all about that if you look at elon musk is, is mind's an engineer like so so much so that he, he runs the risk of like massively overextending himself but you look at what his history's been in paypal and um, then you know spacex tesla obviously the boring company there's another one that he's looking at um to do with neural networks and neural mapping yep. but it's everything is engineer and you see that guy on a stage and he's pretty he's an uncomfortable dude on the stage do you know he's shuffling yep. about and I make the point in the video that he's such a great connector that somebody has to monitor his tweets, you know, because he can't be trusted to interact with humans on a, on, a, on that level. Yeah. But when you, yeah, when you put those guys in the right place, amazing things happen. So we've got a car going to Mars. You've got yeah. this ubiquitous Virgin brand. Yeah. So when you look at superpowers, the, your, when you're engaged in a superpower, your brain chemistry changes. So you go into a flow state, which you'll probably be familiar with as a, as a runner, but basically just that total in the moment connection, time seems to disappear, either speed up or slow down. You're getting this instant feedback. The only thing that exists is that moment. And uh, when you're in that state, you learn faster because of your, you know, the levels of focus you've got, you have more energy. It's a total win-win. Yep. So when you look at superpowers and people identifying them, people, when they're asked the questions, and pressed a little bit on it. They know what they are. Like, when do you feel energized? When do you feel in flow? What is it about that moment that is doing that for you? Because it can be the same moment meaning different things to different people. But if you have that as a starting block to understand, well, this is, this is why I'm here. This is the power that I love using, that I can develop because I learn faster, because I love doing it, because it gives me energy. When you actually start to identify that, and it isn't, it isn't like, like a, a clip of fingers there like you see on a podcast but it's uh it isn't always easy to get it straight away but it's asking those questions opening the door following that thread to understand what that is what what you're really good at so in other words focusing on on the things that you love doing and that you're really good at doing and not doing so much of the other stuff i mean have you there's a book uh that i read a while back uh stealing fire have you read that yeah, I've read it. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've read the other Rise of the Superman as well, the Stephen Kotler and Yeah, Jimmy I haven't Hill. read the second one, but yeah, it was very interesting all about the flow states and how that we can, you know, really, um, when we're in our flow state, I mean, I, I read somewhere that you, you, you learn so much faster, you're much yep. more um, 
you're much more excited about your job for starters and you're, you, you're more productive and you're more able to actually achieve a whole lot. And this is a really hard thing for um, the startup entrepreneur. I mean, I've started a lot of companies up and, you know, typically in the startup phase, it's exciting, but you're wearing a hundred hats and you're, you're juggling a lot of balls and, you know, you're the person answering every email, you're the person on every phone call, you're the person setting up all the tech that you don't know how the hell to do, you know, um, all of those aspects. And so you don't get to be in your superpower until you get sure. to that level where you can scale uh, to a certain size and have a team of people. And I know like in, in, in my life and my businesses at the moment, you know, we're, We've been going for a few years. We're like juggling like crazy. We've got a thousand balls in the air. We haven't got uh, a full team around us. So, you know, we're constantly having to wear too many hats um, and not doing anything great. You know, like not doing any single thing perfectly because you're too busy and you're not getting to focus on your superpower. Like I know my superpower is inspiring and encouraging people, motivating people, talking, being on podcasts. Agreed. This is the stuff I love. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to setting up sales funnels, it's like, Oh God, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I have to do it. You know, um, how do you get as a startup? a question for you how the hell do you get to that point where you can actually get your foot up on the first rung and start to build a team around you so that you can head towards that superpower because i know what my superpower is but i don't get to live in that space very often you know and that's frustrating so i think uh, one of the key things that i do with my people is to work out well when do you get to there so if we look at your strategic map when are you actually going to get to there? Because it's quite disheartening thinking that this is your new life. Mm. Do you know that you're, you've got to do like these things? Yeah. So there's, there's that element to it. So making sure that the strategic plan is saying, well, who do you actually want to be? And sometimes it's not the CEO of the, the company. You know, sometimes they want to, they really love the product. Yeah. Or sometimes they love doing the, the marketing stuff or whatever it is, you know. And we think about, well, okay, so what's the leadership team that gets built in there? But even at the early stage, and again, this is once you've got something out there, on this strategic map, like what is the plan? So when do you get into that, that point? The other thing I would say is that when you actually take a step back and look at the different ways that you can actually do things, there can be something that's more aligned to your superpower. So for me, I'm not a great networker, right? Because I'm a, I'm a pretty intense dude. So I'm the guy that, uh, you know, at somebody's party, I'm, I've got somebody locked in a really deep conversation in the kitchen, you know, not, not always against their will, I would say, but you know, sometimes. They're not walking um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I position them in a corner, kind of corral them, you know. Um, but I'm not, I'm not that great at um, networking events. I, I don't have that magic that other people have got. So then I think, okay, so how do I um, actually connect with people? So like LinkedIn, speaking engagements. You know, like the, like there are different ways to do certain things. Yeah. And the other, the, the final point I would make is that there's something called the 20 mile march. So it's, um, Jim Collins wrote a, a book um, and he was talking about great by choice. And he's just talking about like the, the, the focus that the great companies have around what is actually important. So it's quite easy in the early stages of uh, a startup to, to chase too many rabbits, yeah. you know, because you're like, something's not working right, we need to change, we need to change, we need to change. When actually, at your core, if you have, no, this is the vision, and we talked about this a little before we started, like this is the vision point that we are trying to get to. So say you've got 40 hours in a week, 20 hours a week is non-negotiable. That mm -hmm. that is the, the stuff we are doing is purely on that. That's the, the gamble that we're taking. And maybe 20 hours, maybe less than that, actually. Maybe 10 hours is more, uh, you know, to explore other opportunities. But mm -hmm. absolutely the core being non-negotiable. So you yeah. know what you're doing, your processes are set. I think that's absolutely key. Because the longer you, you spend in that core, the more you can find different ways to do things because you, you're learning more. The challenge in that startup thing is I'm trying to do everything and trying to do everything in different chucking, ways every other week. Chucking, yeah, chucking stuff at the wall. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing too, I think, that we all love to be in something new. So we get to a point sure. 
when we are in a business and something's not really working, but instead of pushing on through the tough bits, um, or to give an ultra marathon metaphor again, you know, in the middle of the race and carrying on to the finish line, you chuck it and go, I'm going to start a new thing because I think it's this new, this new rabbit that I've found, this new shiny object is going to be the one. And so you go down that path and then again, you come up and you enjoy that startup phase because it's all exciting. It's new. It's like got unlimited potential until you can't again come up against an obstacle and then you do that again. Yeah. You, and, and I know I've done this myself in the past where you, you, you know, you're chasing one thing and then you off on another tangent because some, some shiny object came along and because that one was getting tough. Instead of pushing through that time, and it's knowing, it's knowing that also when to quit because sometimes you're chasing a rabbit that's just too fast for you and you're not going to get there. So there is sometimes where you have to know when to quit, but there are other times when you keep going back to the startup phase, if you like, developing mm -hmm. a new product or a new program or a new something because you're actually struggling in the other one. And it's mm -hmm. knowing the difference, I think, between those and pushing through those hard times and then narrowing your focus in is really hard. Yeah, that look is a tough one. There's no easy answer to that because if you look at the you know the success stories and people go, oh yeah, they just pushed through all the tough times. What they're not telling you about is all the people who just blindly soldiered on and couldn't give up and actually wasted five years of their life, you know, doing something that didn't work. Right? Yeah. So no, to stop is difficult. But this is this thing of, about having a strategic context and things like twenty mile march markers. To go, okay, in three months, we're got like here's the reason why we're we're adopting this strategy, and we're going to execute on it in three months for three months, and then you know reevaluate that. But having a coach on the outside of that allows you to justify it to yourself. Do you know, like you're not justifying things to me as a coach. I'm asking you the questions so you can justify it to yourself because you've got to make the decision. Do you know, yeah. I'm not telling you when to quit your race. I'm saying, hey, by the way, you know, have you noticed your knees blown out and you're absolutely hobbling along here? Or, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, that you said that this is important and this is something that you really wanted to do. So are we going to, is this, you know, are you making an informed choice? Are you being totally emotionally led here? What's the evidence? Just to sit down and sense check that stuff. But it's, it's hard to know, like, when, when to push through and... Um, and when to, you know, to pivot or to, to call it a day on something. Yeah. But I do think these having defined, just again, like racing, you know, having a defined sort of finish line that isn't the big vision, it's just the next experiment almost. Like, what's the next experiment? And let's see the experiment through. And you see, so, yeah, because, I mean, I've done that before too uh, in a business where, um, the whole industry changed and the, the world was just different and it was out of my control, but I kept doing the same thing because I didn't know what else to do at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Far too many years struggling, surviving, but not, not thriving um, mm. because I didn't want to be a failure and I didn't want to give it up, you know? And I think, yeah, there's definitely that aspect. So it, it's balancing it. When am I just chasing a new shiny object because the new is exciting? When am mm. I actually? It's time to quit. And yeah, sure. you know, you've got a blind it, out. You shouldn't be running this race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the the mindset piece is hard there because you've got. It's really weird, you know. You sometimes you can have people that are around an entrepreneur that want them to fail because there's a transference of, hey, they're doing something really exciting with their life and I'm jealous of that. So if that doesn't work out, I can justify to myself that it wasn't worth trying because it didn't work, right? So you, you get stuff like that going on. You also get the other side of the coin where the entrepreneur feels that they've got to be this shining beacon of hope for, you know, for everybody else because they're getting all this kudos, right? Yeah. So you, you've got that sometimes when things aren't going that well, that power of um, it can't fail because now it's about more than just this idea and it's my whole identity and like, all these things get sort of wrapped in at that subconscious level as well. Yeah. And this is how I can help people to sort of surface that a bit too. Don't get me wrong, I'm the same. Do you know, there, I'm still, I still make decisions that are like, this is wrapped into my identity and perfectionize over stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still, I've got my own coaches too. I work through all of that as well. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing. I think 
you know, having coaches, having mentors, this is something that I really advocate for, that you do have coaches and mentors who shortcut the process for you, who give you an outside perspective, because none of us, even when, you, you know, we can know everything we do about mindset, but still not get it right, because you're in the trenches, you're in the forest, can't see the trees, you know, and when you've got someone outside of you who, who is an expert in a certain area, they can see it clear as day. And you're just like going, well, where, you know, uh, <laughs> you know? and I think that that's, that's important for all of us to get mentors and coaches. And, and, you know, sometimes it's a financial thing. We can't afford it. We can't, but find something, find a group, find the mates, find a clubs, find something for you to have that input from other experts who are, who are where you want to be, who have been there, done that and shortcut the whole system i mean you came to me as a run coach because you know i know how to do 100 milers you know i can get you there and that you don't want to get all the injuries and the burnout and the problems that i went through because i didn't have a coach you know until my coach came along and so um and, and 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 it's sensible it's a much better investment of my time you know to shortcut the process rather than be stubbornly going along i've got this you know i can do it all on my own none of us can do anything on our own really we we need a team of people around us well we can get there but it will be a bloody sight harder you know i don't i I mean why, why would you do it it's almost like i'm going to become a doctor and how i'm going to do that is i'm just going to start trying to you know cut up animals or dead bodies and do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go for guidance anywhere. I'm just going to try and... How long is that going to take you without any sort of guidance or outside input? Um, so it's a weird thing. I think, again, this is part of um, where we've lived in a knowledge economy and it's been about what you know. So you go to university and they teach you knowledge. They don't really... T- well, I don't know if it's ch- changed now, but they didn't teach me anything about meat. Do you know? They teach me knowledge. And that fits into the industrial economy where we've come from, which is all about what you know you're an expert because of what you know but the new economy is going to be you're an expert because of how you think i mean what you know in the experience is going to be a part of that but how you think because ai is going to give you the knowledge i want to know this thing somebody made an interesting point about ai saying that um it may be smart but will it be wise (laughs) you know because will it actually really get it or is it just going to give us these numbers? Like the, the, you just can't replace humans in that way. No, um, but that, yeah, the, the thing of um, how you think and having a, having a coach to be able to help you to maximize that, I don't need to tell you what you know. And yeah, I can give you some knowledge on business, but it's all about you. Like I'm, I'm here to help you to get the, the best out of you. Um, you've got just like you're doing so you've got the running context I've got the, the um, business context for it but what we're really doing is helping the person to explore their own potential exactly um, yeah, yeah. And, and reaching yeah you know and there's just so much like you said in that first example so much human potential that's not mm. being utilized um, mm. you know on the individual level on, and on a macro level um, we you know, constantly you see people who you look at them and you think, man, you've got so many skills, you've got so many this or that, and you could be mm. whatever you want. Um, and, and they don't see it themselves or they're full of fear and they won't take a step in courage. They won't, they don't have the faith in themselves. And that's just the limiting belief. So let's go a little bit into some of the actual mindset stuff um, that you that you work on. How do you get people to overcome fears? What's your take on, you know, being courageous or, you know, taking taking giant steps of faith and things like that into the unknown? Um, yeah, give us some of your mindset tricks and tips if you like. So there, there are there are people that are too far away from where I can help them. You know, like the, when you see, it's like someone, if you see someone who is really overweight and you think, you know, I, I could really help you with healthy, you know, eating and exercise and stuff, but they're not ready to solve that problem. Yeah, they're not ready. So the yet. guys, the, yeah, exactly. So the guys that I work with are, are like, I don't need to convince them to take the leap. I just need to support them as they do it. Mm-hmm. So the, some of the key things, you know, if people are new to it, I know Myers-Briggs, like some people feel differently about Myers-Briggs, which are a personality test. I yeah. don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, even looking at somewhere like 16personalities.com as a place to start, 
And it's not, sometimes people do a test like that and think, oh yeah, I'm a bit like that, ha ha, now back to my life. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually, if you really look at something like that, and especially if you look at your opposite, and you start to understand, okay, here, here are things that I, I've got that I can leverage. Do you know, I'm a big picture thinker. I am really good with people. I am a fantastic planner. Or, you know, I am someone who really brings people into the fold or let ideas emerge. You know, it's, it's this sort of deeper level to those things rather than just being, yeah, I'm a bit like that. Yeah, so yeah. I think Myers Briggs is a good place to start just on this road of understanding yourself. Yeah. If you look at overcoming fears, sometimes it helps people a lot to understand the biology. You know, that in your head, you've got 100 trillion connections. Yep. Um, and because of that, your brain's got to take shortcuts. So that's, the way it does that is um, coating the neural network with something called myelin. Mm-hmm. So myelin's like a superconductor for the electrical charges. Mm-hmm. So the more you think a certain way, the more myelin goes, right, this is how we think, yep. that's fine. Yep. But being able to sort of slow your thinking down you can quote different neural networks, but you have, to, you have to step back and go, I need to come off autopilot. Yeah. So like being hypervigilant to go, what do I really want to do in this moment? Like, who do I really want to be? Those are, you know, if you look at this as a journey, and I've obviously I've massively condensed that in terms of, you know, what it would actually take. Yeah. But just understand yourself a bit more and then going, okay, in these situations, I think and I act like this, this is how I want to act. When it comes to overcoming some of those fears, what we found to be really powerful is to shift the context. What I mean by that is if you are an entrepreneur and you're a perfectionist, just saying stop being a perfectionist, and that's really fear, right? Because you're afraid that you're going to look stupid, yeah. you know, that it's not going to be good enough. So if you want to release that, which is something that I did, then go to an improv class because you can't be a perfectionist there. <laughs> but you're not risking anything in your business. Yes. Do you know, like it's a, it's a safe step to start to rewire. Yeah. So I had another person who was afraid of um, pitching. So go to an acting class because then you're the center of attention, but you're not risking, you know, you're not taking yeah. the big risk that is filling you with too much anxiety. So you can start to sort of um, do that rewiring process in a different way. Now, the, the thing is that when you go outside, somebody I was working with as well was talking about they feel anxious when they're about to do, you know, this, the, the difficult thing. And it's natural because your brain is, you know, you're biologically hardwired to stay in your comfort zone because your brain doesn't care if you're happy. And what it cares about is that you're alive. Yeah. And it's saying it's you are alive at the moment. Yeah, you are, you are safe, you're alive. If you do this thing, you might not be safe, do you know? And particularly where it's a psychosocial threat like acceptance. Yes. So don't do it, do you know? So you're going to feel that anxiety. But again, the hypervigilance of being aware that I am going to feel this. This is natural and it's necessary for me to start to rewire the stuff that's going on in my head. I think that can be really powerful because there's no, there's no quick answer to overcoming fear. But in terms of the, the psychosocial and the biological approach, you know, I think that helps people. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, the hypervigilance, like for me, I've been trying, um, I had a, a wonderful guest on last week, Christopher Doris, uh, mental toughness coach as well. Um, and he trains, you know, athletes and business people um, in that game. And he was talking about catch, own, and replace. So catch yourself when you are um, acting in a less than optimal way. So catch yourself when you're, you're starting to, you know, get it. He used the example of being in traffic and someone cuts you off and you're immediately, you know, yep. uh, immediately the amygdala takes over and your logical brain and you start acting like an idiot, basically. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you're letting the emotions rule your body and then the, the, all the stress hormones and things start pouring out and you, you do dumb stuff basically. And this is a problem that, you know, lots and lots of us have struggled with, um, some more than others. And he was talking about catch yourself doing that, recognize that, that, that you're being a dick, uh, owning that behavior and going, no, this is not to do with the, the person who cut me off. Yes, that he was wrong to do that or whatever. He gave me the fingers or whatever, but it's how I react to that. It's my internal world. And it's up to me to own my own. I, why should I let somebody 
muck up my internal feeling world, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, like, I, I should not let that person have power over me in that respect. I should be able to just stay like, yep, that's an event that's happened. And he said, so that's owning it, owning that mm. thought, and then replacing it with gratitude. Um, gratitude being one of the highest states that we can achieve, and I, and I really believe in gratitude as being a very important um, state to be in a lot of the time if we can. So replacing it with thankfulness that we are in the, this car. I, I've got a job and I can afford a car. I can drive on these wonderful roads that have been built for me and how great is that? So in other words, you're changing the story that's playing in your head. And, and it's a very hard thing to do. You know, since I had that interview with him, I've been trying to do it. And my other, my, my um, lower self, if you like, still likes to go, no, but that was wrong. And he shouldn't have done that. And he shouldn't have said that to me. And this is blah, 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 blah. You know, um, but you catch yourself, you know you're acting in a way that's not conducive, not lifting your vibe up, it's not helping your mood, it's not doing anything positive. So it's changing that and rewiring those uh, neural networks again. And yep. bit by bit by bit, this is not something that happens overnight. This is something 100%. you have to practice. And you need to practice it your whole damn life, really, to keep a control of your mind so that you are not a victim of what happens to you rather you control your internal world to the best of your ability and make the best out of it um i had a, a, a sorry yeah you go joe I, 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 I was just going to say quickly but what what is really great about that though is that the autopilot that you find yourself on if you are hyper vigilant and you rewire it that becomes your new autopilot yeah so there are people out there that are getting cut up by somebody and just going cool like just being totally indifferent to that moment. And probably like everybody's been on some journey where they have been a certain way and now that doesn't bother them. It's almost like uh, somebody who deals, handles snakes. Do you know, like the first time the body is reacting and going, yeah. hey, what, what are we doing with this? And you sort of desensitize yourself over time because you've rewired that in your, your, own, your neural network. So same with entrepreneurs. So I'll have entrepreneurs that... They've gone um, one of their bold actions. We call them bold actions. These things that they have to do, you know, to well that they want to do to level up. So one of them was just to walk into a supplier and wait in the reception area because they never they never see you as you know as as somebody who could potentially sell to them. So she just walked in and she waited there and she waited and waited for like three hours and she said she felt absolutely ridiculous because you know the reception is like well they would you know they, they don't see people like that she says well I'll, I'll just wait and i'll wait and i'll wait you know and every every minute's ticking by bird bird but then eventually they saw her and for her to do that type of thing the next time it wasn't easy but it was easier yeah. and then it's easier and now she's like she didn't think about like doing something like that at all you know and she'll just phone up a distributor in hungary and say hey what about you know doing this so when you are hyper vigilant like that, when you do start to do that that rewiring, the autopilot you're in just now levels up, and then you can move from your new autopilot to the next level of your evolution, and that that's what's really exciting. So it's a lifelong journey, but it's that journey. Every time you do that, you level up your autopilot. You've got another launch pad to go up to the next one, and that's what's so exciting. Exactly, and then you lift your horizon up when you expand your potential of what you can do and what you're you're okay doing. Um, and and to go back to uh, the gratitude thing there for a moment, I had a, a conversation with my mum yesterday because my mum has my entire life. I don't think I've ever seen her emotionally out of whack. You know, not not um, angry, not frustrated, not anything. You know, like she's just always in this constant state of, of, of happiness and, and, and gratitude, despite the crap that she's been through and despite the, the um, stuff that we, I put her through every day. She'll have a little moan for a couple of seconds, but then she'll get on with the job. And I said, how do you do that? How do you not be pissed off that you can't do everything you used to do? How do you... Uh, not be frustrated, get angry. I, you know, in my, in my young years especially, I had major anger problems. I would just like, you know, be, you know, especially <laughs> in, the sporting, in the sporting world, you know, if someone did something wrong, I was liable to cop them one, you know. Um, <laughs> I've since learned to control myself a little bit. <laughs> but 
but she would never have had those swings. And I said, well, how do you do that? And she just said, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I have you to help me. I'm grateful for, and, and, I, and I, it was a real eye-opener for me that she actually goes through the, her entire day and her entire life, and she always has done, uh, with this grateful attitude. Instead of this, ah, somebody's wronged me attitude, or it's not sure. fair attitude, or the poor me attitude. And I was like, wow, I've got to learn to be more like that. You know, that is, that's my goal, is to become more centered. Because when we are emotionally thrown in anger or excitement even, we actually can't make good decisions. Because when we're in an mm. excited and euphoric state, everything looks rosy, Everything looks sure. easy. That business idea that someone's come to you with all looks fantastic when you're in that state. And you actually have to come back down to the middle and go, hang on, and look at it with a cold, hard facts rationally. And then, then decide whether this is a good business venture. If you make decisions in that euphoric state or if you make decisions in the angry disappointed or frustrated state, neither of those states are actually going to give you the big picture. So if you're going to make big decisions in business or in, in your life, you need to be in that centered area to make good decisions. Would you agree with that one? It's, it's hard, isn't it? I think that it's back to the hypervigilance and understanding your feeling, isn't it? Mm. Um, certainly in the, the decision-making element, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that will do that. They're like, it'll either be a catastrophizing of the situation yeah. when, you to, when you give them perspective and go, see in, you know, I don't know, see in, in three months, this, this decision is going to not even, in fact, see next week, you're not even going to be thinking about this decision. So let's get some perspective on that. Yeah. Or yeah, like you say, let's run away with, hey, you know, um, this is all top of the mountain and I'm not actually looking at all the other things. Yeah. I, I, do, I do think, so it's a strange one because I don't, like, the way that we are designed, we're obviously supposed to feel those things. Mm. So, you know, there's, there, are, there are moments um, to experience that type of stuff. It's like if you believe that sitting on top of a mountain um, chanting is the highest state of consciousness, then cool. I'm not mm. saying you're wrong. I don't subscribe to that, though, because if you look at what we're sensory beings were supposed to connect, you know, on, on the, the human level, as well as that, whatever that sort of spiritual, you know, meta connection is between humans, like the one to one connection, I think we're supposed to have as well. So I, where, where the emotions sit in terms of the human experience, I think they're a really important element. Oh, yeah. I'd 100 percent be with you in terms of. Are you actually. Um, are you aware of you know how you're feeling, how this might be impacting you at the moment, and yeah. is this what you want to do? So if you're in a grief moment, you want to go through it, then fine. But yeah. if you are just somebody's cut you up and now you're going to be angry, why would you want to have that? Yeah, I, I think I probably put that wrong. Like I don't, I don't, I think we need emotions. I think it's very important that we express our emotions if we're going through mm. things. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is more that when you're making important decisions, don't do them in those states. Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah, so that you're making, um, you know, like, for example, you know, going back to the ultramarathoning world, um, if you do this 100-mile race, you are liable to, because it's such a big project, it's such a massive amount of training, and then you go and do this event, and you have this in, the, in your focus for a year or, or longer, and then you go and do the race, and then... You're, you're away on this whole weekend and it's, it's amazing and you meet incredible people and you have this really deep experience in your body. You go to the places that you've never been to in your mind and you're uh, physically and, and you come back absolutely in an altered state of consciousness. So what I say to people then when they come back from those events is do not get divorced, married, don't get pregnant, <laughs> don't take drugs, don't drink alcohol because you are in, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're in an altered state of consciousness because I've found in, 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 you know, I know this from my own experience when coming back from massive races, especially when they've been in, in the wilderness somewhere in the Sahara mm. or something and you come back and you're suddenly in a new culture again, you're back in your old culture, you've been isolated in this in this bubble if you like of differentness and then you come back and nobody understands what you've been through nobody gets yeah. the experience that you've had and you're in a in an altered state of being almost and you're like 
am I am I satisfied with my life? You know, I've seen people get divorces and things like that, or, or separate from their partners, or, or or do radical things because they're not in their normal state of mind. And it takes about two weeks for them to sort of come back down to a level. So I'm always like cautious that they don't do stupid shit when they come back from. <laughs> from <laughs> Because they're, they're eye-opening times, they're mind-altering times, um, and they have a huge benefit, but you need to sit and digest before you make big life-changing decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait for the, that moment now. <laughs> You've just totally, totally oh, sold God. that. <laughs> Sign me up. This is how I want to be living my life in this whole exactly. state. You're living on yeah. the, you are living in the extreme. Like every, you know, when you're doing something like that, you are living in the extreme and you are, you are experiencing every minute, sometimes painfully, you know, every minute is, and you can't, you know, oh my God, when is this going to stop? But you are in a different world like and you come back changed and empowered and at the same time confused um and and very very different and this is why these, mm. these experiences are so valuable and this is why i i encourage people to go and do it doesn't have to be ultra marathon it can be something else in nature out doing something but having these big shifts in your daily routine. So when you're going yep. somewhere and doing something completely out of the norm for you, that challenges the hell out of you because you'll come back different. You'll come back with an expanded worldview um, and it'll just make you a better person in the long run. I think that's really the key, the key factor there. Yeah, I think that's it's an amazing philosophy and um, at a micro level, you know, with, with, I'd like to do more of that, I think, with my people as well. Um, not, you know, not that I've, I, I love trail running, you know, I just, I just love it. Um, but that's, I guess that's not for everybody, but we've been talking a lot around that, you know, just that, not just talking about business, like what are the other things? Like we went to a, a, a Bangra dancing class. Do you know what Bangra is? Like no. Indian dancing. No. So it's like Indian, Indian dancing. Um, I can assure you again, I'm not... I'm not international class when it comes to Indian dancing, and indeed it was a, it was a class of sixty women and me, uh, sixty sort of Indian women. Well, mostly Indian women and me, um, as as an absolute novice. So it was, it was an interesting experience. But like just doing, I mean, that's a micro example compared to like you know what you're talking about, the experiences you've had being in the Sahara and so on. But those again, those kind of shifts, um, just to give you a different perspective on. Not yeah. just your business, but your life. I'd really like to engineer sort of more of those in. And I know my people would want it as well because we've talked about it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, even going on retreats and going away together and doing something outside of the normal. And this is where you build teams and this is where in corporate situations, you know, going on team weekends away, um, away from the business situation where you actually get to know each other on a deeper and different level and we come to rely on each other for certain aspects of it um, and be challenged in nature is fabulous you know because it does challenge whether you, you if you're faced with freezing temperatures or sleeping in tents or sleeping out under the stars or not having enough food or water or you know all of those things they really challenge you in a number of ways and they make you you know come together as a group to rely on each other and you start to get that I don't know, that ancestral tribal feeling that we don't get in our society that I think is yeah. missing in our... What, what I love about those events too is that you really get deep connections with other humans who are going through some deep stuff. You know, you, 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 you could be running along, say, somewhere in the middle of a desert and you're, like, dying, right? You're like, oh, it's all, you know, oh, God, it's so hot. And I'm, like, I'm in the desert, I'm dehydrated, I'm running out of water or whatever. And then you come across somebody else who's in worse shape than you and you might not even, like, I've, you know, had this happen to me or where I've been the one that's in worse shape. Um, remember in Jordan, this guy, French guy came along and I'm lying on the sand, like, you know, half dead. And he, you know, comes over, he can't speak a word of English, but he picks me up and he's going, come on, we're going to go. And he helped me and he you know, helped me overcome that, mm. that time, got me to the checkpoint and saved my ass, basically. Um, mm. And, and that, that deep connection on a human level, that you can't yeah. talk to each other. But you're, yeah. you're communicating with each other and you're helping each other. Um, and I've got hundreds of those sort of examples of things that you've, you know, times where you've 
and, and you get out of yourself when you're helping somebody else, you know, you, you overcome your own suffering because you're doing something for someone else. I mean, being in service to others, I think is a, is a, is the great, a great way to get out of your own poor me, you know, mindset too. Um, well, well, let's change. Yeah, yeah, just, just a, a really quick point on that, just because it was so important. Because I actually got like a, a rush of endorphins when you were talking like that. You know, like that whole thing of that. I, I can't explain what that connection is between humans, but you know, we have we have forgotten that to to some extent. You know, um, that that like like that tribal thing, the 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 selflessness at times, like that we. It's something that is natural in us, and that it's it's suppressed by constructs, you know. Sure. Um, but it's so real, and it takes sometimes those extreme moments for it to to surface. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that it does, and I like to hear you talk like that. I just I think it's certainly something that I want to uh, think more on. I'd encourage the people listening to to think more on as well about that. Who do I really want to connect with in that way? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just because I got I got a big rush when you were talking about that because yeah, it's like I, I, that's I, what it, that's what it's all about, you know. You know, because we are so very isolated in our world sometimes, and we're we're all in our own little struggles with our own bank accounts and our own mortgages and our own sure. relationship problems and our own what, whatever we're facing, and we don't get the chance to connect, especially as adults. We don't get that chance that perhaps we had at school times and things. Yep connect with other people on a deeper level and when you do that and this is one of the you know the attractions of doing doing extreme sports in, in this sort of context um is that you get to know each other you know when you when you're doing say i don't know marathon de sables or something and there's 700 runners from all around the world and you you're 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 running every day together and you've got in your tent a guy who's a surgeon and a, you know a bloody engineer and a CEO of a massive company and a toilet cleaner and that doesn't matter you know like all of that the societal constructs about who is valuable and who is not is all out the window because you're all runners just running across the desert and and not having enough food and water and and fighting the fatigue just like the guy next to you and it doesn't matter that he's a toilet cleaner and you're a bloody brain surgeon and and it's a total leveling field which I love because I think that that you know we need to respect everybody for who they are and the role that they play in in our society, and we shouldn't have this just this hierarchy. I know we need it for some things, but oh man, <laughs> I just love it when humans connect. Sorry, I get on my bandwagon. Um, I'm with you, a hundred percent with you. Yeah, that we should just respect each other, and 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 it takes away all the bullshit. You don't have the fancy clothes, you know. You all have to go to the toilet in front of everybody else even, you know. Like all of those sort of things that just brings you down to being a human being. Yeah, the essence, that's what I mean, the essence of uh, humanity. What does that actually mean? Um, And it's those extreme moments that that bring that out, both in questioning yourself, but also, like you say, in that tribal element and just the the connection that we all share, I think is is so exciting. I mean, that's so powerful. Yeah, and you know, in in your work, you've got your own tribe that you are helping in your way. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see what you know. What if you do do something outside of the normal business constructs? You know, if you can, um, and even like with running hot coaching, we have our weekends away where we have you know people come and learn all about running, and they're fabulous weekends. It's not just about the running though; it's sure. about connection. It's about the hanging out together with people who are like minded. You know, and and who have to share the same passions and who want to learn. And you all come away learning from each other, not just from us teaching everybody how to do this. Yeah, there's that as well. But it's, it's a, you know, you just connect on a human level. And I think we're lacking, we, we, you know, we're getting more and more isolated in our huge amount of social interaction on social media, but not real interaction with real human beings. So... Well, we're on, we're maybe on the cusp of that though because of the well I don't, I don't know I, we're on the cusp of something around that because everybody knows that like the Instagram is a, a fake you know like the the fake lives because there's now behind the wizard's curtain right you know everybody's kind of seen and everybody's talking about this a bit more there's still that thing of if people don't have an identity they will cling to that idealized thing, you know, that it, it gives them something. But we talked about that personal brand thing at the start. 
Um, and if you look at the way I resonated with your personal brand, it was your human connection. It was the fact that it didn't feel like a, you know, a, some sort of high performance elitist gym approach. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was, here's a human. She's, she's obviously got like a, like the strong ethic. Um, I can see what it is that she stands for. And that as a brand is the beacon to pull people into, you know, to pull a community together to say, Hey, this is the reality that we want to live in. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's the, something that's going to be really important in the future yep. um you know these these sort of mini tribes that connect yeah um and totally. give people a sense of identity and that's what i think you know it's really important that we're genuine on uh, social media as much as possible i mean of course you don't put your crying pictures up there you know your miserable <laughs> moments but being real and sharing real stories and and the reality of things rather than the the polished perfect picture that we all would like to present to the world but there's much more power in being open and vulnerable and real and here's the shit that I went through today you know and this is the problem that I faced last year and this is how I overcome it perhaps um, and I think that more and more people are doing that they are getting more real um, you know especially well maybe it's the people that I follow because uh, I don't I don't follow people that are fake in my, you know, like people that are telling how it is and who are experts in their field, but don't, you know, pretend to know everything. Um, that's important to me. Um, and I think, yeah, it, 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 I, what, I, what I also think is really important is that we actually get to talk about the, 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 the hard stuff, you know, like, I, sh I share, like, I, I suppose I'm used to sharing my story in my books and, my, and so on, so it's out there publicly, and I don't really give a damn. I don't have an ego around where you should be this way or that way. Um, sure. You know, I've shared, uh, you know, my mum's journey, the whole thing's online, you know, from this, from this big time that she was in ICU through, through to now. Um, yeah. we, we lost a baby a few months ago. I shared all this, the journey that we went through on that. And uh, it's important because other people are going through similar shit. And when they see that you are going through shit and you stood up again and you yeah. survived it and you came out the other side and you, you cheer and you talk, you take away the power of that thing over the person. When you talk yeah. about it and you share it, and we're not all secret squirrels hiding away and now don't let anybody know that we're actually not feeling great today because sure. it makes me vulnerable. Nah, I reckon share the, share the hardships they've been through, share the losses, share the good times, share the, the whole thing. I mean, maybe that's, yeah, maybe I'm oversharing sometimes, I don't know, but I think it's just important to be able to talk about those difficult subjects. And the more we talk about them, the more you take the, the, the fear and the, the problem away, you know, when you're really just real. So if you look at, the, there's a few really good points here. If you look at the, um, the mastermind group that I've got, like the norm of sharing in there, like it's just, everybody's just fully authentic, right? Because the, yeah. the culture is set there. Um, but do, would they share in the same way with other people, you know, De again it depends on the person the context yeah, right you've got to protect yourself well, to a degree too yeah yeah but but this is a, this is a thing it's protect yourself from other people's um like almost like their problem with it i, th I thought it was really interesting was if you think about you don't share like the crying pictures or, or whatever else it's a question of the motive so if you, you're sharing that journey, not so that people can go, oh, oh Lisa, the, you know, these things are, you know, here's some attention and some sympathy. You're sharing it because you're like, this is, this is what happens. And if somebody else is going through this, I, I just want to share what my experience was like. So when you look at a share on a motive like that, if someone is sharing with the motive for give me attention or, you know, what, whatever, you know that's where that's where it's problematic and that happens a lot on social media right you know i'm starving of attention so bad attention is still something that i you know that's some attention but if your motive there is to um, empower people uh, it's, that's massive and you can tell that you know you can tell that from like your whole demeanor and the way that you, you do things it's the, the share there is around 
hey, this happens. And if we talk about it, it'll be easier for all of us when we go through it. Yeah. And that's massive. You know, that's yeah. to, to be able to let go of the ego around that stuff to say, my motive is pure on this. So that's why, you know, let's do this. I think that's huge. Yeah, I, I do think it's really important because I, you know, I get all the feedback from people and, and the stories and the things that people share with me um, that move me to tears every single day. I get messages and things and it, you know, it's encouraging. Uh, it's encouraging to know that, I, you know, you've touched somebody's life and you've been able to help them in a, in a certain part of their journey. You know, even if you haven't mm. been physically, personally present you know um that is the power of what we what we have and what we do well we better wrap this up joe because i think we could talk i just wanted to thank you for taking the time to uh join me tonight and to share your wisdom as i, I want to get people to follow what you do and to check out your website and and um any any things that you want to share with them so you know, give us uh, some website addresses and Instagrams and all sure. the rest of it. Sure. So um, it's uk is the website. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, Joe Trodden. LinkedIn Joe Trodden is, you know, the benefits of a, a weird name. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not photogenic enough to be on Instagram and I'm not that big on Facebook. But if you follow... Um, yeah, follow the, the website, mindsetexperts.co.uk, and LinkedIn is, is where I'm active. Mindsetexperts.co.uk, yeah. all those uh, Kiwis who couldn't understand that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, no, I'm not going to try the accent. I can't do that. And you help small, so once again, Joe helps people with small and, and to medium businesses who, who are past the startup phase but are wanting to scale up, who want to have a strategy, get a strategy in place to build their businesses into scale. And I'm definitely going to be going to Joe for some help and advice with our business so that we can grow and scale faster and bigger because we definitely need it. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks Joe very much for Thank being you. on the show today. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, it was amazing talking to you. You are an inspiration. So uh, it was amazing speaking to you. So are you Joe, so are you.